All right, John. So let's get into this matchup between the Texans and the Raiders in Las Vegas. Raiders are seven point favorites in this game. Their record is not as good as the, well, as good. The, the Texans have a better record than, than the Raiders. They're one, three, and one. The Raiders are one and four. So the difference between these two teams in the standings right now is that week one tie against the Colts for the Texans. Um, but the Raiders, I think, clearly the more talented football team here. Um, so let's do this preview, John. Let's do it the way we always do it, pregame six-pack style. We pick six things in this game, six storylines to lay out the game, and then we'll give our predictions on the game. And as always, John, the floor is yours. You go first. What is your first angle, person, storyline, whatever, for this game on Sunday? Thank you, Sean. In the Raiders' last game, they lost by one point at Arrowhead Stadium. And they have not lost a game by more than seven. They've lost, I believe, four games by 14 points or 11 points. Between the two teams, you know, they've only lost one game by more than a touchdown. And so the first thing you got to do is stop the run. Josh Jacobs is in the last year of his contract. He's off to a very good start. Texans have played the run a whole lot better the last two games. In the Jacksonville game, they gave up 75 yards in the first quarter, 61, I think, in the last three. So they have played better run defense. And the Raiders have become a running team instead of a passing team because Josh Jacobs is doing very well because he's running for a new contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Josh Jacobs averaging 5.4 yards per carry, almost 100 yards per game. He's had two really good games in a row. He was great on Monday night against the Chiefs. Um, very similar, I think, just watching him, John, similar running style to uh, to Damian Pierce. The two aesthetically look alike. Same, similar body type, similar, you know, want to to break tackles. Um, and I think what's interesting, too, about Jacobs, he and Saquon Barkley both are in their contract years. Uh, they're, that's, it's going to be – it's been a while since we've seen free agents, free agent running backs hit the market having as good a seasons as Jacobs and Barkley are both having, assuming that they both stay healthy and continue what it is they're doing, at least some semblance of what it is they're doing right now. Um, but yeah, shutting down Josh Jacobs is um, is is no doubt a key. He's been the catalyst for for their offense. And John, yeah, you, you brought up the the margins with the team right now. The Raiders have the best scoring differential of any team with a losing record right now in the NFL. They're one and four, but their point differential on the season is only minus five. So I think you're right. I think 14 is the differential in their four losses because they beat the Broncos by nine. So their their overall point differential, they're one and four, and they've only been outscored total by five points this year. So they're they're a decent football team that just they that hasn't made the plays that they've needed to along the way here. All right. So your first one is is Josh Jacobs. My my first one is going to be, I'm going to go to the Raiders passing game and Derek Stingley Jr. versus Devontae Adams. John, I'm kind of hoping that this is that this is a game where just for, I, I'm strategically, this may not be the best thing for the Texans to do, but I don't give a rat's ass about strategy and winning and losing as much as I do watching player development. I would love to see the Texans let Derek Stingley follow Devontae Adams around the field like they did with Cortland Sutton against Denver, just to test him and see how he would do. Adams has statistically not been as good with the Raiders as he was with the Packers, which shouldn't be a huge surprise, I guess. Just you go from Aaron Rodgers to to uh, to Derek Carr, but he's he's barely catching half of the half of the targets. He had a big game on Monday against Kansas City, but it was all on three catches. He had two huge long touchdowns, um, but Derek Stingley has allowed a passer rating of under 70 
um, when he's been targeted so far this year. Um, Stingley's been he's been nice. Sauce Gardner is probably the best rookie in the league right now, which is a tough look for the Texans because he was there for the taking when they took the other cornerback near the top. But I like Stingley. I like what he's done. And I'm anxious to see if Lovey Smith lets him spread his wings a little bit on Sunday and play against Devontae Adams. I wonder, yes, Sauce Gardner has played well based on all the analytic sites, but the fact that he plays with the Jets and the Jets are winning, they're a huge surprise, mm-hmm. and he's getting all that publicity in New York and around the country right now. Brees Hall and Sauce Gardner will probably be offensive and defensive rookies of the year, but uh, there's a long way to go. Yeah. But I don't think Texans would have to be a big surprise like the Jets before Stingley would get the kind of publicity that Gardner has gotten. Now, Petrie, is, Petrie's got a better chance at defensive rookie of the year than Stingley right now. He does because he's safety and he's in a position to make more plays because he can blitz, yeah. he can hit, and he can cover. Where, as you know, if Stingley does his job, they're not even going to throw the ball at him. But that would be a great matchup and a great learning experience for him. My next one, Sean, would be staying on the quarterback subject. The one thing they have to do coming out of the bye week is throw the ball better, especially down the field. Not dumping it off and not having Brandon Cooks average nine and a half yards of carry. Get the ball to Nico Collins, who's averaging 18.9. And Davis Mills has to play better, and Pep Hamilton has to call signals better because the passing game at this point has been a huge disappointment. Yeah, no doubt. Um, we're still waiting for that Cooks breakout game. Nico. You know, is, John, do you ever, do you view this within the like the like through the prism of there being a number one and a number two wide receiver? Because Nico's been more of a number one than Brandon Cooks has this year so far. Usually, it's the guy that has the most catches, and that's the Cooks. And they haven't thrown the ball to Collins enough. You know, mm-hmm. he's averaging three a game. He needs to be up there around eight and nine. Yeah. Let's see what he can do. He's made big plays in the last two games. They beat the Jaguars. They were in position to upset the Chargers. One reason was because of a long catch he made, and they need to get him the ball earlier, and they need to get it to him more often. And if you see him in one-on-one coverage, throw it up there and let him fight for it. Well, Las Vegas's pass defense sucks, so this will be a chance to – to if they're going to do it, this is the week to do it. Uh, the, the Raiders are giving up a passer rating of 106.7. Um, they've given up 11 touchdowns, only two interceptions, and their completion percentage they've allowed is almost 70%. So if Davis Mills – Coming off a of bye week, especially, if, if he's going to make some hay and show some improvement, this would be the week to do it, which brings me to my next um, my next storyline or, or player to watch in our pregame six-pack, which is Titus Howard. And Laramie Tunsil to some degree, but Titus Howard, you know, Max Crosby, they move Max Crosby around. Max Crosby, the Raiders have eight sacks all year. Crosby has six of them. He's been really, really good this year so far rushing the passer. He's got 20 QB pressures. So it's not just a case of him. He hasn't pressured much, but then when he gets there, he does get him down. He's applied pressure, and he's brought the quarterback down this year. They move him around quite a bit, but from a lot of the the highlights I watched, I saw him lining up more on the right side. At least the plays he was making largely came off the right side as opposed to the left side. And if I'm the Raiders, I would line him up over there as well. They got Chandler Jones to line up over Laramie Tunsil. Crosby's the more productive guy. Put him over there, and he's probably going to beat Titus Howard a time or two in that game. Hopefully not though. So Titus Howard tonsil to some degree, Chandler Jones has been able to put pressure on the passer, but he has yet to get a sack this season. He's got 16 QB pressures, but zero sacks. Crosby has 20 QB pressures, 
and six sacks. Crosby is the key guy to make sure you keep off of Davis Mills. So I'm going to say Titus Howard, John, is my next pregame six-pack item to watch. I'll be interested to see if George Warhop, the line coach, provides Howard with any uh, help from, say, A.G. Ken or tight end. Uh, Laramie Tunsil can handle most most pass rushers by himself. It doesn't sound like the Raiders are getting much of an inside push like every team would like to get. You know, then I, I started to, on my third one, I started to see the Texans in the past, Russ, with Jonathan Grenard having only one and a half sacks and being injured last time. But I thought of another one we can't let get away without talking about, and that would be the special teams. Yeah. Because the special teams have been tremendous all season. What they need the special teams to do is score a touchdown because the offense has the fewest touchdowns in the NFL. Mm. And the Texans have done great kicking. They've done great punting. They're doing well on coverage. Whether it's forcing a fumble and returning it, the special teams have to do even more than they have because this team is offensively challenged, especially when they uh, cross midfield. You know, they're – they're 60% touchdowns. Problem is they can't get close enough to the red zone to have more opportunities. So maybe the special teams will put them there. Yeah, John, right now in, in DVOA, which is the football outsiders efficiency metrics, the Texans are the 28th best team in the NFL. They're 28th offensively, 26th defensively, and second in special teams right now in DVOA. Frank Ross and his crew have had a really good season. So along those lines, you're right. There, there's going to need to be things that they do to – if they're going to win this game, there's going to be need to be things they do that don't show up in the box score. You know, special teams is sort of that. The invisible yards, the field position, stuff like that. I'm going to go with an unconventional last one here in the pregame six-pack, and that's Nick Casario and his knowledge of Josh McDaniels and the fact that they've spent not just time in New England together, but time going all the way back to college together. I do wonder if Nick Casario is maybe a little more involved this week in putting a game plan together than he normally would be. If it didn't leave it just totally up to the coaching staff and he sat in and thought of maybe what a few tendencies or wrinkles might be that his good old college buddy from John Carroll and his former New England co-worker might have. So that's my sixth one, John. Is it Will there be a play or two along the way where it looks like the Texans' defense knew exactly what the Las Vegas Raiders' offense was doing or vice versa you know the the, the especially though the, the the Raiders offense versus the Texans defense because McDaniels is an offensive guy are there a couple times this game where it looks like the Texans were basically cheating off of their paper and able to sing off the same sheet of music that's my sixth one that's a great one Sean I didn't think about that in fact I think I'm gonna make that my column for Friday on sportsradio610.com I want you to have that John you can have and- that I will not put at the bottom Sean Pendergast contributed to this column. <laughs> you know, Casario's the quarterback. It's hard to believe him as quarterback as small as he is. And I don't mean just short. I'm talking about he is not a big filled out guy. Mm-mm. Maybe he used to be, and McDaniels was one of his receivers. So that's a great point. He's got to know Josh McDaniels better than anyone because they go back so far. Of course, they watch tape and they're going to watch. Josh Jacobs and Derek Carr and how they can stop that pass rush. But tendencies are what you look for. And I'm wondering when he was coaching the Broncos, if Casario saw him do things there that he anticipated. And now he's probably thinking, okay, 
third and two, what would Josh do? What did he used to do? Oh, he had Brady, so it always worked. <laughs> but that's that is a great angle. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that, that's going to be something that Nick has tried to downplay. I would say over the last week or so, but I think it's significant. All right, so uh, John, what's your prediction on the game this weekend? Uh, I'm predicting the Raiders will win this game 27 to 20. Okay. Yeah. I've got the Raiders 34 to 24. So I've got kind of a high scoring game coming out of the bye week for both these teams, but I think the Raiders get the win and the cover and they will move to two and four and the Texans fall to one, four and one uh, before taking on the, well, the Titans, I guess the following week. So that'll be something to dig into. The Texans will finally be back at home, John. It's going to, it'll be a month in between home games for the Texans when they play in week eight. And they're capable of beating the Titans. They beat the Titans last year and then lost to them by three in a game Tennessee had to win to secure home field advantage in the playoffs. And the Titans are not as good as they were last year. Now they play the Colts and Texans back-to-back, so maybe they can put a little distance uh, between the Colts and the Titans for first place in the AFC South. But they're beatable. All the AFC South teams are beatable. 